Hey, Radius fam, and welcome to our new podcast, Radius Conversations. Today, we are excited to bring you into our very first episode of our first series, which we are calling The Radius Story. Uh, For us, it seems like a great transition from our real series to tell our own story and to write our own stories down on paper as well, and you'll be able to access our book, My Radius, coming very, very soon. And so today we're actually going to build a preface for that book and for the rest of the Radius story on this podcast with two of the people who were there at the very beginning. They're two of my favorite people, John Reeves and his wife, who is the, what word should I use, Mother? Um, Distinguished and acclaimed (laughs) Cheryl Reeves. Mm -hmm. They also happen to be my parents, which is kind of fun. Um, So theirs is the first of five episodes of interviews which will tell the story of Radius Church over the years. Each episode will consist of seven questions which will have five-minute timers. So some of our more extroverted uh, people Mm, will be be able to Mm. be placed on a limit. (laughs) Not naming any names, Mom. You didn't Uh, use distinguished for me, though. (laughs) I didn't get distinguished. (laughs) Hey, I own the extroverted. Mm-hmm. There you go. Really excited to share this with you as we find a different avenue than just Sunday mornings to tell stories, to confront culture, and to speak truth. So let me start out by asking you two, who are y'all, and where are y'all from, and where did y'all meet, and what kind of brought y'all into this ministry thing? Yeah, so we come from two different parts of the country. I tell everybody I had to go a thousand miles to find somebody to take me, but I uh, I grew up in this state. Most people can tell by my accent that I'm from uh, South Carolina. Grew up in Anderson. Uh, great parents, a brother and a couple sisters. Went to TL Hannah Radios High School. Um, Went to Clemson as a as a chemical engineer, which really nobody believes. And then, uh, in the course of that time at Clemson, God really started working on me, and uh, and I ended up at a little Bible college in Iowa, where I met you. And you mm-hmm. came from. Uh, you didn't have quite the accent I had. I used to think you were like a newscaster. You you're, you had no accent. Kansas has a pretty plain way of speaking. <laughs> so I came from Topeka, Kansas, grew up there, same house my entire life until I married you, John. Mm-hmm. But we did meet at Emmaus Bible College, a little college in Dubuque, Iowa, where um, we met our second year of college and mm-hmm. fell in love. Yeah, and you, uh, you met Jesus as a little girl, right? I did. Mm-hmm. In fact... I had been thinking that I might go over um, onto the mission field for a little while and test that out, but ended up going to Bible college instead to learn a little of the Bible to prepare to go onto the mission field. And I ended up going into missions in a different way than I had initially thought. Mm -hmm. You saw a good-looking guy, and uh, that kind of converted you to... Domestic. I actually think I heard your voice first. You were (laughs) you were talking you were talking trash on the football field, I think. And and that didn't happen often at all. What else was I doing on the football field? Uh, Yes, you were winning. Okay, so I was backing up the trash talk just so we So I also met Jesus at a young age and uh, so so we kind of have this 
pretty cool story. We both come from homes where our parents taught us about the Lord. And then over the course of time, we believed. We both did a bunch of time at camps and uh, really started to love the Lord before we went to college. Yes, so, I'd say Bible camps played a huge role in both of our lives yep. with um, learning the Bible, with learning to worship and know who God was, and and I think get a little hunger for serving God, mm-hmm. um, perhaps in a ministry capacity, whether, whether with a job on the side or full-time. I think both of us were taught that as a very high value in the home. It was. So the first time I saw you, you weren't talking smack. You were singing. I saw I was yeah. in the backyard of a professor's house, and he was, it was a cookout, and I was hanging out with a friend, and three people were singing, which is pretty cool. Uh, Jamaican guy, uh, Hispanic guy, and you. And, and you look like you fit right in because you're dark skin. <laughs> I heard your voice first, too, because my back was to you. And I was like, I turned around like, whoa, that girl could sing. And then when I saw you, my buddy Carl, shout out to Carl Banks. Uh, I told him, hey, I'll ask her out if she's 19. Because you look like you're 23. I felt like it was a safe bet. So within 24 <laughs> hours, Carl goes and speaks to you and, and uh, asks you your age. And you say 19. And so I was locked in a bet. And yep. the rest is history, as and they say. 31 years <laughs> of marriage later. That's right. <laughs> All right, so some crazy conversations because I was not necessarily thinking ministry, but I was definitely thinking about serving the Lord regardless of my job. We had some funny conversations as I started thinking we may, I may want to marry you. We were going to be married. I had to coach yes. you up on what to expect. You remember well, any of those? Well, I've cried a lot because <laughs> you would tell me that you love me but would say, but... God may want me to serve him as a single man. And so, yes, yeah. it was it was a long, what, three years, three and a half years of dating. So you're saying I wasn't a romantic or what? Oh, you were very romantic. Oh, okay. But you just said, I cannot make a commitment until I know where the Lord wants me and not until I can put a ring on your finger. Mm-hmm. So. I've kept one of those promises. I told you we were never going to make any money. So yeah. we were... <laughs> I always remind our you staff now, me. most of our married life, I, I love direct deposit. So thank you all, Radius Partners, for direct deposit. Because uh, a lot of our life has been a little crazy that it way. It has been very so, crazy. Mm-hmm. But you married the right girl because I grew up a Midwestern yep. uh, farmer's daughter, and they grew up in the Depression and taught me to be very thrifty. So Exactly right. Good fit. So you like learned to wash out Ziploc bags, stuff oh, like yeah. that to help us oh, make yeah. it. Yeah, reuse foil. <laughs> yes. Perfect. What, so JT, really, why you're not happy about that, T-Bird? <laughs> so many life lessons. <laughs> so the ministry thing, as Mom and I talked about ministry, we uh, really it wasn't, wasn't a foregone conclusion we'd be in ministry in college. It was, it was more like we were going to serve the church and love people, mm-hmm. and that was going to be our life regardless of what our job was. Mm-hmm. Some, uh, some good early years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So using that word crazy you used just a minute ago, Mom, uh, I've heard some of the stories of y'all's early years, and it seems like nowadays they might be a little interesting. Tell me a little bit about the bus driving and mm-hmm. some of the stuff that y'all did young, just trying to make a difference early. Newlyweds, 800 foot, square foot, duplex we lived in. Mm-hmm. Then we just went to work. From the start, we came back from our honeymoon, and actually John had already been moving before that. He yeah, had gathered... True. Uh, middle school kids, yeah. playing football with them, sharing Jesus with them. And as soon as we got back from our honeymoon, we were filling our duplex with kids. Yep. 
and um, we were going down, you were going down into government housing neighborhoods and picking up kids and um, just bringing them in to love on them, play games with them and, and tell them about Jesus. And then we were having them in our house right away. The hospitality started mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite memories is uh, shout out to Mark Fuller, uh, a young man who came to Christ in that, those early ministry years. But first time he came to a house, he's probably as tall as I was mm-hmm. or taller. He's probably only yes. 13, but he's wearing a trench coat. And he was—he looked a little rough that particular day, and you, you gave me kind of that look like, "What? What are we doing again?" Mm-hmm. It was uh, yep. certainly tested um, you and and us as we tried to live out what we've been dreaming about while we we're in college. I felt like God used those early years to teach me how to grow my faith because you did have a job with a salary, but it was very tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet. Whatever we did with the kids, you did not expect other people to pay for it. You felt like God was directing us to love on those kids and that we should use our own resources. So even if we had very little in the bank and had bills coming up, you would want to pull out from our own account to pay for things like uh, when you coach basketball, you bought them all new jerseys. Mm -hmm. Would not ask other church members for it. We would take it out of our account. And I would be freaking out a little knowing we had bills due. Mm. But even then we would get a check in the mail for the almost exact amount of what that bill was. So I learned early on by my husband pushing me that being generous for the kingdom, um, even to a point of, of it hurting and taking risks really, but the Lord gave us so much fruit out of that. And then later on, he began to ask even more of our faith. So it was a, it was a good starting point. It's great. Those jerseys were awesome. They're just for all of uh, the partners out there. They're Laker jerseys. They were they were purple with gold, but uh, it, it did tax the uh, young couple's <laughs> savings account, which is which is awesome. And from there, we moved up. I got offered a job at the college we graduated from, Emmaus, and uh, really we we started learning some new stuff because I started to speak a lot. Mm-hmm. Which I, for certainly younger people taking this, it's really cool because we we're beginning to discover our gifts. I spoke a little bit, and then all of a sudden, Emmaus hired us, and, and we, we really went all over the country to camps in the summer times. You remember, you remember being at Mountaintop Bible Camp, pregnant. You remember, you got I any do. great memories I of that? I walked the mountain to, <laughs> to try to keep in shape with the, uh, with, with I think I had Isaiah, and I took Mariah as a baby, and um, yeah. Yeah, we went camp to camp, and then. I think as you discover your gifts, and really doesn't matter what your age is, I'm working at this Bible college. I'm the director of recruitment, which is really funny because I had nobody to direct. I was the <laughs> only employee. Uh, our basketball coach um, uh, resigned, and so the next thing you know, I'm coaching basketball. And for those of y'all that know me, I'm, I'm passionate about that, but I knew nothing about basketball. So I had to grow in that, and I, and I had to grow the school that was, at the time, really low um, on an attendance level and, and really had no idea what I was doing. But the cool part was some of these gifts that God's used mm-hmm. to plant churches through the years were developed. They were already there, but they were being developed during that season of time. And then we had some, the, the other part was being developed was just us as a young married couple. We we're figuring it out. We did a ton of hospitable mm-hmm. stuff with students. My favorite memory of that is having the basketball team that I was coaching uh, over for a breakfast when they thought they were going to have a horrible workout. You remember that? You remember that breakfast? You were telling them they were going to have to run one of the steepest hills in Dubuque. Yeah. And you drove them to the base of it and then 
drove them up to our house where I had waffles and eggs and grits and all sorts of good stuff waiting for them. That was a fun one. That was yeah. fun. We filled our house with college students. And that was a time where you got invited to speak around at different camps and mm-hmm. in different churches. And it just allowed you to utilize that opportunity to hone your speaking skills, which was really neat. It was even cool because uh, we, we began to realize that Cheryl would have 30, 40 college students over to the house and dismiss me, dismiss me from the room. So I, Because evidently I like broke the vibe in the room because I, I was the authority or whatever. But it was really cool because we learned how to feed off of one another's gifts. Some places, I mean, we did crazy stuff where you just had to flex. Like sometimes I'd be preaching and say, I want you to sing when I say oh this. Yes. And you would, uh, so we're just innovating and doing what young, young people do. It's, kind of, it's a cool season of life. It was you pushed me beyond what I ever thought I could do. Sometimes maybe a little too much <laughs> having yeah. people over on the spur of the moment without notice for meals or but it was good for me. I grew so much through that, through learning to always be open to having people over, being willing to be ready to sing or to help someone when I'm a little more reluctant to do that than you are. So it was very very good time of growth. Good years. So you go from this stage of life and and then move into this new church planting stage when you went down to Clemson. Dad, if you could start me out with, I guess the first question is why, uh, what brought you to do this? And then my second question is, did y'all even know what you were getting into thinking about church planting? You know, like for for our our partners, we talk about this all the time at Radius and and really, Cheryl and I had heard very little about it. Obviously, when you read a book of Acts, you, you see these churches being established. You don't really know exactly what Paul was doing or, you know, even Peter as he's cutting new ground in some places. But um, I had the point guard on our basketball team. His uncle was a church planner. And his name's Chad Clarkson. Shout out to Chad Clarkson, right? Because we were great friends. And I would read everything that his uncle would send him because I was just trying to figure this thing out. I love the church and I love Jesus. And we certainly felt like God may have us do something else, but didn't know what. Um, I specifically remember preaching at a camp in Oregon. And uh, this girl, this high school girl, um, says the exact same thing she said the year before. So she was telling about how she train wrecked her life three weeks after camp, and here I am. I, I did the same message, the same place, and she said the same thing. And I, I got to do something different. In order to make long-term disciples, uh, we're going to have to do something different. And I, you, you remember this year, I come back to the little trailer we're staying in, and, and I really just felt like the Lord wanted us to go mm-hmm. go plant a church. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, we we were pregnant, I think, with number three with Israel at that point. Mm-hmm. Had yes. Israel in March. Don't Early wanna, on, don't want to blow Israel's birthday he, on. He was he was the one that was born thirteen months after <laughs> after Mariah. So that was very close together. Yes. Yeah, and that was a big part of it. Like, so we were we were learning to be parents, mm-hmm. and yet felt this pretty intense, deep call to uh, move to South Carolina, and we had to sort that through. You and I, 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 was, I got to that point first, but you, it was, that was a, uh, for, for our married couples, it was a really important part of the process for us to get there together. You remember, you remember processing I, some of that? I think it's good for people to hear that we didn't both just automatically uh, come to the conclusion, Absolutely. let's up and we need to go do this. Mm-hmm. I, after doing, uh, working with the kids in Anderson when we were first married, which was a lot of giving 
to mm-hmm. some really tough characters. Mm-hmm. And then going up to Emmaus Bible College where there were a lot of students just hungry for the word. And I felt like I was really being utilized in uh, mentoring college students and enjoying them and the social aspect. And then to think of uprooting from where I felt like I was being utilized to go do something we had no idea about. And back then, um, y'all listening need to realize that church planting was not a common practice like it is now. I remember growing up hearing about church planting overseas, but it was not uh, something that was, was talked about or happened or books really written about it. In that time, there weren't many books and, right. and things. So it was very radical. It was brand new. We weren't trained. We weren't sent. It was just an idea that my husband had <laughs> that he sprung on me very passionately. And he's very convincing when he's passionate. But I was very hesitant. It took me a while to come on board. And I've got to say, my husband waited and prayed and was patient with me as I cried and said, I'm not sure about this. And um, he would cast the vision again in a gentle way. And the Lord took away the fear in my heart and gave me an excitement for it. Um, still trepidation, but I became very excited about it. So it's a process. It was never yes. never something that we both just were hit over the head by God and, and both knew. It, it was a process, but when done well, we were rearing and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I remember that being about it just, just for spouses out there about a six-month process where I came in way too hot early and then learned I needed to walk walk this thing back a little bit and and help allow the Lord to work on your heart in the process. Two things that I remember very specifically that you you participated in. You actually let me, sent me. I can't remember. We I went to a mega church in, in mm-hmm. Chicago. It was called Willow Creek. Some, some folks may have heard of it, but what was impressive about it, I, I wept. For five days, I come. I come back to this house I was staying at with my eyes swollen because this guy talked about leadership. I never heard about that. I only heard it from pastors and teachers, and this guy talked about leadership, and he talked about all these people that were coming to Christ at their church. And I hadn't seen a lot of that growing up, so I really, really wanted that. And then uh, my brother and I were having conversations on the phone uh, in the same process where Matt and I. I'm, I'm talking to him. And he's struggling, looking for, for a church at Clemson. And you and I, like we talked about going to St. Louis, where mm-hmm. Carl lived. And we, yes. and then this this conversation with Matt. Matt kept saying, there's no church in Clemson. There's no church in Clemson. And again, Carolina fans, are, you're not shocked there's no churches in Clemson. But in, in 19, <laughs> you know, in, 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 in the 90s, he really wanted a church. And you and I decided that we'd move to Clemson, put the house on the market. We made some money. You remember how much we paid for that house? Forty-five thousand. How about forty-four nine? Something 44, like that. Forty-four nine. Sold oh it for sixty-seven. Goodness, yes. Some. Sixty-seven. Oh, that was a great day. Yeah. Moved to uh, Clemson with no house, three kids, no car, no plan. You gave our cars away. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> True, I gave the cars away. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we moved to Clemson, plan our first church. Mm. Mm-hmm. Moved to Clemson, and pretty soon you would come to Carolina. So yep. uh, you went to Atlanta. Talk me through some of that and uh, some really important things happening in Atlanta. Um, most important of which is probably my birth, right? Number one, <laughs> Malachi, maybe number two. But of course. And then some church plants after that. Um, but talk through Atlanta and then what caused you to leave Atlanta, which is really where Radius 
comes into the picture for y'all? Yeah, I'll, I'll start us and give it to you, babe. We, we started in Clemson, and that church really grew fast. We didn't know it at the time. It grew fast and large, and uh, it was a really cool time. Jeremiah Jones started leading worship. <laughs> we'll get to hear from him later. And we, we, we a little core from Radius actually comes from that very first church. Mm-hmm. Um, then we really felt like uh, I was reading a book by Rick Warren. He talked about getting to a place like to to a larger city and I was I was reading that book and I felt like we we, we actually looked at several cities but Atlanta became the one and I think the thing that stood out to me but we went to Atlanta and I failed miserably I, I couldn't get anything to work and it was humbling in a bunch of ways but what you did is really how radius got its name Jeremiah gives it the the creative name but you you started knowing all the neighbors if we learned anything, we, we learned some hard lessons in Atlanta after having a lot of success in Clemson. One of the one of the positive ones was learning to love our neighbors before anything else. I think a lot of us have grown up in churches where we're so um, directed to be careful to be in the world, but not of the world, which is is very important. Our lives should reflect following Christ by how we live. But I think I got a little off track in that I became so disconnected from knowing people who didn't know Jesus. I was so trying not to be of the world that I didn't know anyone in the world that didn't know Jesus. And so um, the Lord really began to work in me that to be a reflection of Christ is to love everyone, anyone and everyone around you. And I didn't know that many people. So in Snellville, I really began to love my neighbors, like love them, not not make them an agenda. I wanted to know every name of every person in the houses around me. I wanted to truly know them where they felt safe with me and that they could share things with me. And um, it was really neat. I think it started in Clemson a little bit, but then in Georgia, I really started loving my neighbors in a way I never had before in my life. It was, a, it was a cool time because we'd been on a college campus. We started that, that church, I think I was 27. TCF, and yes. So the way to meet, meet and reach college students meant I went and played intramurals. I was, I, all that was fun, but we moved to the suburbs, and, and that changed. And so you started actually knowing literal neighbors right. next door. Right. And then we started going to the ball field, and we took all six kids eventually to the ball field and and got to know people by throwing tennis balls off the wall and having relationships in the stands. That just became our life, knowing and loving our neighbors. And in the meantime, church life, I I wasn't doing great planting the church. So we we had a lot of good things going there. But we also had our hardest times in Atlanta, just Mm -hmm. me and you. You you recount. Well, the Lord uh, brought to a head a lot of deep-rooted sin in my life, a lot of pride, a lot of um, negligence of really knowing him. I cared about him. I was serving him. I was trying to learn to love my neighbors, but I wasn't really soaking him in personally. Um, I wasn't really intimate with him. I tell people it's like talking about your husband all the time or your wife and showing pictures but not spending time with them. And so I was beginning to do that with God where I wanted to tell. But I, so I think it was more about me really than about God, um, trying to do the right thing and be the good Christian person. And it real. I, I came to the end of myself. I was You and I were getting more and more tense. Our marriage was getting really— You're 10. Yeah. really rattled and 
um, basically God just stripped everything away, showed me. I was willing to look in the mirror, praise God, mm-hmm. and he showed me stuff that was extremely painful, but yet exhilarating because I almost feel like by stripping away, by me honestly seeing my sin, I actually could see him closer than I had. I had put up a wall of a superficialness, a self-righteousness, and then I was able to really hear from him and see him and come to him. And so as much as painful it was, it was one of the greatest times of my life. Two things that I remember specifically about that was a Bible study you joined Mm -hmm. that had nothing to do with us. Right. And the way you started reading the Bible different. You talk about that. I I think through my upbringing and through Bible college, and this wasn't negative, but I think you start trying to um, conquer the Bible. You've said this a lot. Mm -hmm. I wanted to figure it out and I wanted to know it and I wanted to be able to explain it. But to be intimate with God, you're supposed to allow it to read you, for it to read your heart so that you are telling the truth to yourself about yourself. You're speaking the truth about who God is so that that draws you near to him and you worship better and you seek him more. And so I learned how to do that, how to just open the word and just ask him for me to see him, to see what he wanted me to see about myself instead of just diagramming this or that or, you know, it was so healthy. I fell in love with God in a whole new way like I hadn't since I was a young child. And honestly, I fell in love with you. Mm. I I feel like our marriage got a spark I had not had Mm. in forever. I almost felt like a newlywed all over Mm -hmm. again. And it was just, oh, the, the way we say it, Radius, tell the truth about yourself mm-hmm. to your, tell tell the truth about who you are mm-hmm. and tell the truth about who God is is life changing mm-hmm. when you really do it. Yeah, so on, on my side of the street, I was struggling, uh, and for for a lot of guys taking this in, I was failing in my own mind at my job. Right, like I, I didn't see ministry necessarily as a job, but my identity was connected to it, and so just struggling with who I was. And so, so that created a t- tremendous amount of tension in our marriage. And we, we had to work it out, which really prepared us to come plant radius because you had to work out some of the spiritual stuff. And I had to work, I had to get my identity out of just having a successful church. Um, and let, let's make sure that we're doing this for all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And mom, we joke about how every time it seems like you're about to get settled and plant all your most beautiful flowers, um, we tend to move. <laughs> Uh, so walk me through the move to Lexington. You basically didn't know anyone there. You told me that you had never heard of the town of Lexington right, until right. Dad comes back <laughs> with that in his mind. So walk me through yes. that situation and, and the early stages of that. And you're right. Church I plant. had just planted small plants all <laughs> in my beautiful backyard in Georgia preparing for the wedding reception of my daughter in 20 or however many years. But. <laughs> Um, we really, our first few church plants, we had felt a stirring from the Lord to plant, um, but they were really more strategic. Where can we go to plant these churches where that may be the most productive for us? So it was, we, we used strategy. I would say the move to Lexington was a leading um, from the Holy Spirit. Um, it wasn't yes. just us planning. Like I, like like JT said, I had never heard of Lexington, South Carolina. Right. So John was invited to visit a friend, Jeff Shipman. Shout out to yeah. Jeff. And he was just doing an innocent visit and came home. 
And he knew in his heart that this was a place he felt the Lord was leading us to plant a church. And he didn't want to tell me. <laughs> and I know him well enough to know when he's got to a new idea. About 11 o'clock, yep. It was late at night. We were in bed. And I could tell there was something brewing. I could tell. And he didn't even say he felt like we were supposed to plant a church. But he started talking about Lexington. And I knew my husband well enough to know that he had an excitement about Lexington, and we were likely going to move there. And I immediately began to cry because I'm like, we're moving. Yes, we're moving did. again. I know we're moving. But we we talked about it, prayed, went to bed, and I woke up the next morning, and the first thing I felt was an excitement and a joy about what was to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was early spring. I had been walking and praying um, at a park near our house, and I had really felt like the Lord... Again, you said this, we're careful with this. We, we don't like to say the Lord told us to that's do something right. unless it's, unless that's what it was. And I had felt like the Lord was sending us to Columbia. Mm-hmm. So the visit then like just confirmed it, came home. And then you and I, we packed up the kids. That's right. Uh, Within in the, 24 in the hours. <laughs> with the, uh, some of y'all appreciate this. I bought an extra back seat from a different minivan so that my minivan could legally hold eight people. Uh, yep. We jumped in it. We rolled to Lexington. And uh, toured a little bit. Um, we only knew two people, mm-hmm. Salim and Amanda Khalil, right. who, who didn't have any children at the time. So we, we crashed at their place. And, um, and then and Jeff Shipman really, and Crossroads uh, Community Church over there, really helped pave the way for us to come and, and plant this church. Mm-hmm. Very soon after that, we uh, met these guys at a, a church called Lexington Community Church or and Rick Parts and and the mm-hmm. folks at that church mm-hmm. were super super yes. generous to us. So we moved the family in the in the summer and moved into an apartment. They actually showed up to help us move the stuff in the apartment, mm-hmm. um, and uh, in the end gave us their building. And some of their folks, just a few of their folks, stayed. And it was really really a cool crazy, <laughs> you know, number of events in just a few days. In the meantime, mm-hmm. this guy named Jonathan Howes. Moved to Atlanta, felt like God wanted him to plant a church right where we were planting a church. We had just a few people, uh, maybe 25 or 30 on the beginnings of that church plant in Grayson, Georgia. And Jonathan really planted the church. We just had this little begin, $10,000 we maybe had in the bank. So he took our name. We actually, it's, he changed it to a much better name than we had. Yes. <laughs> we called it Lifehouse Community Church, which wasn't most of my names haven't been very good through the years, but uh, Jonathan came in and calls it. It's called Greystone Community Church, and they've done just a super job there, um, sharing the gospel with with folks. Mm-hmm. P- pretty cool little season, but a lot of change for the for the Reeves family. Mm-hmm. So let me ask. We're going to call this question Five B because we're supposed to only have seven questions. But <laughs> let me ask. What What is your uh, first things you do? coming into a new church plant, and where do you go? You talked about this a little bit earlier, um, but y'all didn't know anyone. So so what happens in those first couple months? What you think, baby? Well, what what do they call those kind of church planters? A um, parachute, parachute planter? Yeah, don't... Because we, that, that's not necessarily recommended. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but right. like I said, it wasn't... We, we didn't... There weren't classes and books like there are now on how to plant a church. And now, of course, we would send out a group of people and resources, but we would move to a place where we would maybe know a, a one or two or maybe just one handful of people. And there was usually a person that you would call 
a person of peace, a person who knew a lot of people, who was well-respected in the community, who would inter- make introductions and introduce us to people. And then with six kids, or even when we only had three or four, we would come into a new town and immediately John would put them in every sport possible, of course. Hey, you got to take one for the team, right? <laughs> I think Lexington was the hardest because we had three kids in uh, baseball and it was grueling. They had, I don't know, it seemed like five nights of practices and several games a weekend and I had three different teams and I don't think we ever did that again. But we that was part of our um, just building rapport in a community was – Sports, John did a lot of coaching of basketball and um, always had one of our kids on his team, but but so did a great job of time with with one of our kids, but then really built a lot of trust by people as, as a good coach who cared for the kids and cared for the parents. It was an important way to cut into a, a new community. I, you know, a lot of this we didn't know was real strategic. We just kind of intuitively did it. Well, and I think the Bible talks about all of us being hospitable. That, that mm-hmm. That's not just a gift. It's also something we're all supposed to practice. And that was one of the greatest ways of meeting people was we just filled our house. And literally having people live with us, Jeremiah Jones and Duncan Fleming and Salim Khalil and Chad Clarkson. We had, especially in Clemson, we just had a house full of guys that lived in our basement. But then even in Georgia, we had guys living with us and mm-hmm. Lexington... We we basically almost everywhere we've lived, we've had guys live with us for either a short period of time or even years. And then I remember Lexington, not only did we just get our kids on teams right away, but I don't know if we'd even been a week in our new house with boxes everywhere. And we began having cookouts mm-hmm. every weekend or sometimes a couple times a week where we would invite people over to sit around the table, eat some burgers. We would talk and we would pray. Mm-hmm. It was a great, that was our start to start. Radius. That's exactly right. A couple, couple Slim and Amanda's friends is all, all, all we had. I think for some folks, they're probably wondering how, how we paid the bills. Usually, first church <laughs> I worked, another job while we planted the church. The third church I worked, another job. And then we came to Lexington. We had some, we had some really generous people that um, helped pay our bills. Sometimes we were really tight. But, man, but guys like Jay Taylor that have given to us, oh, yes. you know, for mm. Years on end, just steady, and just just because he believed he was at Clemson when we started that first church it was it's a, it certainly was. We, we kind of had this gift to cut in, but there's all these people using their gifts yes. to uh, hmm. help us along the way. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So let's do a little recap, Mom, of yeah. all of your moves yeah. just for fun. Oh my! Yeah. Oh and my. let's have you walk through. All of the the moves, which you love so much, you love change, and, <laughs> and all the different places. Uh, that's you've funny. Been. Um, I actually, you you mentioned that you were going to ask this, and I I felt like I went blank, so I did jot down. <laughs> I, I don't know, and I I have it in front of me, and I'm wondering if I should try to do it without looking because honestly, I don't know if I remember. And then there's not just the different locations. She's but pointing in, at JT right now. She, in, yep. in almost every <laughs> location. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I won't point at you. In almost every location, we would move first either to someone's house for a few weeks or a few months, and then maybe an apartment for a few months, and then a house. So there, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're allowed to count those, but we started out getting married and lived in Anderson, South Carolina. Then we moved up to Dubuque, Iowa. We were in Anderson for, what, two years? Something like that, yep. 
uh, moved up to Dubuque, Iowa to work for Mays Bible College for three, three and a half years. Yep. Went to plant our first church in Clemson, South Carolina, and lived about three and a half, three, three and a half years. That's right. Went from Clemson to Snellville, Georgia um, for almost four years. And by the way, interesting fact, we felt like we were supposed to move after two years there, put our house in the market, and it did not sell. So it was not, I don't know what that was all about. We kind of thought we were supposed to put it on the market and then it didn't sell. But then when the door to Lexington, we felt like the Lord was leading us there, put our house in the market one day. Yep. It sold in one day. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So went from Georgia to uh, Lexington and we were here about three Three yeah. years, Moving three and a half. Apartments first. Apartments first. We did that a bunch of places. Where the kids were eating up by ants, yeah, sleeping right. on the floor. Probably shouldn't name the apartment. Sorry. Um, yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. A little tidbit. And then from Lexington, we moved to uh, the Greenville area, easily yep. South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, and we're Radius there, Greenville. I think, just Radius Greenville mm-hmm. was planted about two and a half years, I think, in yeah. easily. Mm-hmm. And then to Austin, Texas for a whopping 10 months. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. That's a whole nother story. the Lord explain that one to us in heaven, right? We will, yes. <laughs> well, there are a lot of good came from that. Russell Johnson. Russell, Russell and Terry. That's exactly From right. 10 months in Austin. That's exactly right. Then from Austin back to the um, Easley area, Anderson Easley area, for two years. Um, and then we went to Dubuque, Iowa for a whopping 15 months and moved houses, everything, Radius. Everything Dubuque. in our house from one house to another. And then we moved. Yeah, Radius Dubuque was planted and mm-hmm. an after school program mm-hmm. started, the um, Dubuque Dream, Dream Center. Center. Mm-hmm. From there, Red Bank, South Carolina, for two, two and a half years. Yeah. Almost three years. And then Radius here in Lexington, we have lived in the same house longer than any other house. We've been here over four years. <gasps> Did New I do record. that? Wow. Okay. Very impressive. Is that right? Okay. New I didn't record. even look at my paper. That was great. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> really good. It was uh, so. If you need anything moved, oh, yes. I have my entire family trained. Professional. Now I have some yes. taller people, so it really Long works arms. well. They're good. We have moved many times. So one one of the trade offs for moving so much because I caused that problem is how much. Junk stuff. Okay. We move. <laughs> you have to bring that up. Yep. So uh, two Penske trucks every single time. <laughs> Large Penske. Occasionally, trucks. I leave a few things if Cheryl's oh, not looking. My but yes. yeah, we've we've moved a lot of stuff. But we got seven beds before we even. Uh, That's right. Put anything else on the truck. Mm-hmm. So a lot of fun, right, Mom? A lot of adventure <laughs> and yes. uh, different places. But wrapping this thing up, and one more question as we finish. You've taken. 30 minutes, 45 minutes to listen to this podcast today, and you might be wondering, um, what's the practical application here? And does that mean I need to move 37 (laughs) times and have 50 children and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, go plant a church from scratch or or whatever? Uh, Dad, let me aim this at you. What's the practical application here, and and why are we telling our stories? Why are we telling your stories Mm -hmm. today? Yeah, so uh, I find myself getting a little choked up uh, here in the story because, man, we, we just wanted to please Jesus mm-hmm. in a really broken way. So I can tell if, you know, mm-hmm. we had five-hour podcasts going to tell you all the wrong things we did mm-hmm. and even wrong attitudes we had. But at the core, 
We wanted to please Jesus with our lives, and uh, we believed in the church. Even as young people, we believed in the church. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, you know, in my case in particular, I began to discover these gifts that I didn't even know you were allowed to plant, plant mm-hmm. churches, and the next thing you know, it just kind of happened, and then I had this itch to do it again. So one of the things that made me emotional just hearing um, – Cheryl talk about it. I mean, she had no idea what she was getting into and yet followed me through all this chaos. But we, we were both following the Lord in, in, yes. in, in, the, in the meantime. So then, you know, for, for whatever reason, when we got to Radius, we were about 35. We were in our middle, middle of the 30s, and we've planned a bunch of churches since, but this has been home. It, mm-hmm. it always has been home. Every all, all the other stops that we made, we come back to the elders at Radius to ask them to pray about it, to help direct us. And so, like, so there's this mission. Like, the why is there's this mission. People are lost. They're going to hell, and they need Jesus. And and when you read Acts, it's, it's the way Paul did that. He went from town to town, and he started churches. And the churches kept reaching people for Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit would energize the people's gifts in the churches, and they would exalt Jesus. They break bread, they get together, and that's really all we all we ever wanted. The, the number of people really never was on our mind, uh, other than the very earliest of days. And so, like it's a uh, this is the biblical model to reach the world, to lead people to Jesus, and plant churches. And so just, we just kept doing it. And at the end of the day, for all of our folks, listen, probably they're not supposed to do that, but they mm-hmm. probably are. There probably is something God is asking them to do. And the way we give God glory is by obeying. When he asks us to do something, we obey. And then when we do that in community, it just has this whole nother level of richness. And, and we enjoy that together. We, we've only named a couple names, but there's hundreds of people that yes. did this together. And, and we did our job. They did their jobs. And there's been much fruit p- produced. And praise God, he's gotten a lot of glory from that work. So our time is up today. Um, we want to thank you all for listening to this podcast. We really enjoyed it. I'm very privileged to sit here right now. Um, and as we wrap up, we do want to say uh, that all of this is, is, is not about this little C radius church. It's, mm. it's about him and it's about glorifying God. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what we're here for today. And we hope that uh, as you listen to these podcasts and future podcasts, where we'll have new guests coming in to tell some more stories, some uh, crazy stories, some funny <laughs> stories. Some, yeah, we will. Uh, we just hope that you would be able to be inspired to follow the Lord um, in a way that is pleasing to Him. And so thank you again for tuning in as we continue to tell stories, confront culture, and speak truth. We'll be back next week with Chris CB and Dad. Mom, we're kicking you off. Hope to have you with us. We love y'all.